listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast again this week. I really appreciate you guys listening. It's Tuesday. I'm excited. Got a special guest in the studio. You guessed it. It is the super hot Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Please don't announce me like that. And she is dressed up for the podcast Stop. today. No, You're, I'm just telling edit you. The heck, no. Edit this right she, now. She's looking fine, folks. Listen, before we get into the podcast, let me say this. You know it's September, and this is the month that we are promoting this podcast. We're pushing it up the charts, and we're nearing 25,000 downloads. If you don't mind, do me a favor. If you've been enjoying the podcast and you're loving the content, I want to ask you to give me a rating and a review, if you have the time, on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. All you got to do is scroll all the way to the bottom and hit uh, leave a review and you can do a star rating or you could write a short review for every person that does. I have a special devotional that I wrote 40 days to overwhelming joy with the things that are going on around the world right now. And in our nation, the enemy is clearly attacking people's joy, attacking their peace. And it's because he wants to steal your strength. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter eight and verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the devil knows that if he can take your joy, then he has clearly taken your strength. So in a time of prayer and fasting, I wrote this devotional 40 days into overwhelming joy in order to go along with my book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat. I want to give it to you absolutely free for all of you, those of you that are leaving a rating and a review on the podcast. So here's all you have to do is after you leave the uh, rating or the review, take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, my username is at Ted Shuttlesworth, at Ted Shuttlesworth. On Twitter, it's at T Shuttlesworth. And when you leave that review, send me the screenshot. We will send you the link to download that devotional absolutely free so that we say thank you to you. Appreciate all of you that are doing it. And thank you for all of you that are writing in questions, comments every single week. It's been extremely encouraging to me. And we've got something great for you today. And Carolyn and I are going to get into this, but we're going to talk about two types of toxic relationships to avoid. Two types of toxic relationships to avoid. You know, we're getting a lot of messages of people writing in singles, um, even those that have been divorced and they're uh, maybe in, before they were even saved, they separated from their husband or wife and they're looking to find a relationship again. And people are wondering, what do I do? What type of relationships should I be looking for? How do I prepare myself? Who am I looking for? What qualities should I be looking for in another person? And so today we want to give you two types of toxic relationships to avoid. And then at the end, we want to deal with what we're looking for, what we want to do. And uh, it's going to be encouraging to you. I think even those of you that are listening that are already married, this is going to help you extremely with dealing with people, maybe even that you work with um, and how to better interact with and be 
uh, an influencer in your generation. This is going to help you greatly. So let's pray, and then we're going to get started. I'm going to have Carolyn read some verses before we go, and uh, this is going to be extremely encouraging to you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to every man and every woman through the podcast today. Open their heart. I pray in Jesus' name that you would remove any distraction from their mind, and I pray that you'd allow them to focus their hearts with faith to receive the mighty word of God today. We thank you for that, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Carolyn, we've got um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 open, and this is uh, Paul writing to what's considered to be the most immature church in the New Testament, and uh, he begins to give them some instruction regarding relationships and actually you just got some some messages recently didn't you from people that were writing in uh asking about relationships and you kind of directed them to this passage uh yep it's second corinthians six fourteen through 18 uh don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can light live with darkness what harmony can there be between christ and the devil How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So here Paul is talking to... As I said, this is considered to be the most immature church in the New Testament, and he's giving them clear instructions regarding relationships, which shows you, number one, as we know that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, every single word is inspired by the Holy Spirit, meaning that the Holy Spirit has a desire for what types of relationships that you have. The Holy Spirit's not just interested in your relationship with him, he's interested in your relationship with others. And this includes, and it's obviously speaking here about romantic relationships as well. So it does matter, by the way, who you date. It does matter who you marry. It can make or break you. Yeah. It really can. So, 100%. And we've seen this all over. I mean, ever, as we travel around the country and around the world, uh, it's very easy to tell, isn't it? I mean, people that are in good relationships, that are happy, that there's peace in their home, and those that are struggling because there's... Stressed out. Yeah fighting, turmoil. There's no harmony. I no mean like love. they're they're struggling and and that's I mean that's a trick of the enemy to destroy your family. And obviously without question the enemy hates the family unit. Wants to destroy and separate the family unit in order to cause the next generation to be in a place of confusion and broken. Broken. I mean it's just it's horrible. It's it's the devil's desire. And one of the things sadly that happens is when people are not led by the spirit and they don't follow the actual written word of God in their relationship choices, these things can easily happen. And it actually, it doesn't just affect you, it affects the next generation as well. So it's extremely harmful. And that's why Paul was warning the church about toxic relationships. And so we want to talk about two to avoid. And then we want to talk about what is ideal in the kingdom of God um, at the end of this Uh, episode. So the first one, the first type of toxic relationship that you definitely want to avoid is what Paul taught uh, here, the the blatant unequal yoke type of relationship. And if you read this 
from what Paul said as he makes all of these different analogies, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? So he's talking about literally being teamed up or in a relationship with an unbeliever. There's no such thing as missionary dating. Right. We've seen this so often. People are like, well, you know, he's he's on his way to serving the Lord. And, you know, I really love him. I think, you know, he's a wonderful guy. He just doesn't get the whole church thing. And, you know, it's ridiculous. And I'm telling you, it's more harmful. You cannot minister to somebody in that way uh, while you're submitted to them like that. It's obviously it's different if you're already married. Right. But like I was telling you, actually, in the car last night, I was uh, talking to Ted about this subject on dating and a a person who does not believe in Jesus, an unbeliever, you have to look at it this way. They have rejected the savior, the Jesus, the Lord that you follow, that lives inside of you. They have rejected him. So just thinking of it that way is what business do you have trying to have a relationship and having them try to see things the way you see things when they have nothing to do with Jesus to begin with. Exactly. And, you know, here's the other side of it is that, you know, you're in a place where you have a spirit that's been made alive and they're spiritually dead. Not to mention your spiritual life is the most important thing in your life. Your relationship with Christ and your relationship with the Holy Spirit are the most important things in your life. Why would you want to be in a a relationship with somebody who considers unimportant and some would even spit on that relationship, but you want to be in a romantic, loving relationship with that type of a person? It does not work. And that's why Paul commanded believers to not enter into those types of relationships because he understood that it's damaging to you, that you can get to the place where those relationships will actually pull you back into sinful actions. And let's be honest, when we're talking about dating, um, you know, the majority of people, now I understand that there's those that are, you know, middle-aged or, you know, they're, they're getting on their somehow now dating or, you know, they've entered back into a dating world, something's taken place and, you know, but the majority, let's talk about 80 some percent or more, 90% of people who are quote unquote dating are people that are younger, people in high school, people in college, um, maybe people that are just out of college. Dating is something that for the majority of the people doing it, it's younger people. Meaning, I mean, obviously, you you change as you get older. You know, as you mature, you know, you become more responsible. You'd hope that that's the case anyway. But for younger people that are not fully founded or grounded in their relationship with Christ yet, it's so foolish to go and, and to put yourself in positions of temptation with people that are spiritually dead and expect to please God with your life. It's not going to happen. When you surround yourself with people, because here's the thing. People that aren't saved aren't hanging out with other Christians. So when you get around your boyfriend's friends or, you know, or your girlfriend's friends, it's not going to be people that are out like, you know what, let's have a prayer meeting tonight. You know, it's not going to be people that are out trying to please God. You're going to go spend time with them. And ultimately you're going to be spending time with their friends and and they're going to be wanting to do things that are pleasing to the flesh. You're going to get dragged into 
places that you shouldn't be doing things and being around things that you shouldn't be around, hearing the type of talk or uh, conversation that you shouldn't have to be subjected to hearing. And it all stems from connecting yourself to somebody who's not serving the Lord. Yeah, you'll definitely, someone's going to compromise when you're dating someone who is an unbeliever, unequally yoked. Uh, I was just looking up, and in Amos 3.3, it says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Eventually, someone will always compromise just to get along. So don't let that be your faith that's sacrificed to have peace in that relationship. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, your your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they're not going to want to go to church on Sunday. You know, and, and there's going to be a certain time where there's going to be pressure put on you. Man, you go to church every Sunday. Let's take this Sunday and go to the lake. Yeah. You know, let's, let's take go this. Go have brunch. Yeah, let's go have brunch. You don't yeah. need to go to church every single Sunday. What are you, like a nun or something? You don't need to be there. You know, and it's, it's going to be stuff like that. They're going to be pressuring you to to lower your dedication to the kingdom of God. And, and you know, if you want to stay in that relationship without friction, without turmoil, eventually you're going to start falling into that pressure so that you can have peace in that relationship. Because here's the bottom line. Nobody likes confrontation. Nobody likes confrontation or friction or turmoil. And so most people, and I mean like 90 some percent of people that I've ever seen or met, take the path of least resistance. Whatever's going to make it, they're not be fighting or turmoil. That's the, that's the thing they're going to do. Yeah, that instant gratification feel. Of the relationship at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, well, you know, he's so good to me. He's nice to me. You know, she really cares about me. She, you know, she's seen things in me that no other woman has seen. You know, they take these these outward things and base their whole life in a relationship around them, and it's a mistake. So, in order to please that person, you know, who saw so much in you. You know, when God has a full out plan for your life, people start to sacrifice their Christian life to be with somebody who doesn't care anything about God. And it's a massive mistake. And that's why Paul was adamant and wrote and took verses, uh, you know, in this letter to write to the Corinthians and tell them, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. You know, many times if I'm doing a uh, some kind of an event, a meeting, a camp, uh, a conference for students, First, one of the first things I'll ask, I've done it multiple times, I'll say, uh, I'll exhort or like encourage the group for a while. And then I'll say, how many of you in this room, you're dating somebody that's not saved? Lift your hand. And, you know, people's hands all shoot up because, you know, they're in that conference atmosphere and people think, oh, man, he's going to tell us we're going to have the faith to bring him to Jesus this year. And I'll see all those hands go up and I say, good. When you get back home from this conference, from this camp, whatever, call them up and break up with them. You, you should see how fast the hands shoot down. People pretend like they were just stretching. They think I'm going to encourage them to go win the person to Jesus. I tell them go break up because let me tell you what's more important than you being a great soul winner, you getting to heaven yourself. The Bible says, what good does it do to gain the entire world and lose your own soul? And what can a man give in exchange for his soul? The most important thing is that you get into heaven after you die or when Jesus comes. And if you're in a relationship, because here's, you know, let me tell you ultimately, and Carolyn, uh, you can weigh in on this as well, but I'll tell you what's going to happen is that ultimately you're going to get to the choice about sex and it's going to come and there's going to be, there's going to be pressure. 
you know? That's like who someone uh, wrote into our ministry, you know, not long ago asking for prayer. Well, this is her situation. You know, she's living with her boyfriend and wants prayer for him to know Jesus and for uh, their finances to be better. Well, (laughs) it's not going to work at all. He doesn't want anything to do with Jesus and your finances aren't going to get better living in sin. it, It just doesn't work that way. So I just told her that she either needs to make a choice. She's at that point. Jesus or her boyfriend. And then when she chooses to decide, you know, chooses a side, it will go from there. She chooses Jesus, her finances will get a whole lot better when she starts living righteously. Absolutely. It blows my mind that people want to do whatever they want to do and don't want to follow the instructions of God but still expect God to bless them. Yeah, it's that like, blows my mind I, all the time in every area. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to listen to anything you say, God. I don't care about your word, your written word. I don't care about the prompts that I'm getting from the Holy Spirit as a believer. I don't care me. about the conviction in my heart. I just want to pray a prayer. Yeah. I want you to ignore all the things I'm doing that are contrary to your word and you're convicting in my spirit. And I want you to just bless me anyway. God's not that stupid that he blesses the obedient with the, with the disobedient. It doesn't work like that. No, he gives us the whole book of Proverbs on wisdom. I mean, we don't ever have to be stupid if we read Proverbs daily. It's it's insane. <laughs> you know, it's like I saw uh, somebody on Instagram recently put on their Instagram story, a proverb a day keeps the stupid away, which I, I totally believe that. Yeah. You know, that if you read the beginning of Proverbs, that's the whole reason the book was written, was to give understanding to the simple. And so that young people could have wisdom and understanding. And, and, you know, it is extremely, let me, let me, you know, make a big, 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 big push here for you to understand that it is extremely foolish as a believer to date somebody that's an unbeliever. doesn't matter how nice they are. doesn't matter how much they act like they're interested at the beginning. Get them saved first. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost first. Why are you in such a rush To have a relationship. Yeah, don't let fear of never finding somebody or an insecure feeling uh, get you with somebody like that. Because it it will never work. It will only cause turmoil. It will will hurt you. And ultimately, it can kill you. You It can take you out of the kingdom of God. I've seen it happen. I've seen people pulled right out of the kingdom of God. They were on fire. They were serving the Lord. They were faithful to church. Then they get involved with some, you know, dummy that, you know, (laughs) starts pressuring them to make choices. You know, as we said earlier, no, come do this. Don't go to church. You don't need to be there all the time. I'll tell you what I really like is that we were having a, uh, a revival in Massachusetts. And there was a young lady that received a miracle uh, in the meeting, but her boyfriend, I mean, she was so pumped up that she'd received a miracle in her body that she was just so excited to go to revival every night and the church yeah, there's pumped up. You know, I mean, they're always having church services and it's awesome. And uh, shout out to any of my Crossroads friends that are listening. Uh, we love Pastor Brian Tomes. Anyway, she heard, you know, she was there and her boyfriend was like, you know what, you need to just take it easy on church. You're becoming a little bit of a fanatic, blah, blah, blah. And encouraging her to like lighten up on going to church. I love what she did. She broke up with him immediately. Yeah. Without question. And and her, now she's married. I married, mean, has to gone Bible to Bible school, school. Found her husband 
who is on fire for Jesus just as much as her and who wants to be in church with her just as much. And now they're married. So see, God has a specific person out there for you. Don't ever feel rush to push uh, your life faster in the dating world. Yeah, it can kill you. And let me tell you, if you're listening this, listening to this, and you're younger, you know, or you're in the, you're in dating relationship. If you're dating somebody and you're listening to this podcast, uh, and you're saved, and the person you're dating is not saved, don't wait for this podcast to be over. Pause it, text them, call them, whatever, DM them, and break up with them. Don't agree to meet for dinner and say let's have dinner and talk about it. Just break up with them. Rip the Band-Aid off, cut the cord, and just say it was nice knowing you. Thank you for a wonderful time so far. Whatever you have to say if you want to be polite. Or you could just say, you know, peace, and then just block their number. (laughs) But just, I'm telling you, pause the podcast, call them, text them, whatever, break up with them. If you want to be really uh, fancy with it, you know, hire one of those skywriting planes and have it written over their house in the clouds. Or edible arrangement. I love yeah. edible arrangement. That's a good way to do it. A dozen chocolate-covered strawberries that say, it's going to be sweeter not being with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that, that, uh, but we're serious. I mean, like, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're dating somebody that's not saved, Break up with them immediately. Yeah, it's a guarantee. I mean, you could mark down the date that you're listening to this podcast and do that, and you'll look back and like thank the Lord you did it. Paul was clear. I want to. I want to jump in, Carol and I, to this second type of toxic relationship. Um, it, I'm, I'm telling you, this one might be seem a little bit more confusing to you, but it's not confusing. It's very, it's very, very simple to understand, and you'll see what I mean in just a moment. But I look at what Paul taught to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I take it just a step further, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. But he says here, don't have or don't become unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So I even go as far as saying, I have no desire to be in relationship with somebody who doesn't believe the word of God like I do. They might be saved, they might be on their way to heaven, but if they don't believe the full gospel of the word of God, I don't have time to get hooked up in a relationship with somebody that doesn't believe the mighty word of God. And I'm gonna give you some examples of what I mean by that. If you're a full gospel Christian, meaning you don't just believe that Jesus is your savior, you also believe he's a healer and that he heals all who come in faith believing to him. He doesn't sovereignly pick and choose who who heal who he heals and who he doesn't. And you don't also believe that, you know, God doesn't do those kinds of things anymore, as some do. You mean Jesus heals all? You know, you don't believe that the power <laughs> of God stopped working two thousand years ago when the last original apostle died, as some do. You believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed back then, he's still healing people now, and he will honor your faith and bring healing into your body. Number two, healing. Number three, you believe that God is a provider. You believe in the divine financial prosperity of God, that God desires you not to be broke, but to be blessed financially. You believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues, being led by the Spirit and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, these are things that we consider to be the full gospel. You believe in the soon return of Jesus Christ. 
You believe that the rapture is getting ready to take place. You believe that there's going to be a catching away of the church. And there's going to be a tribulation and the second coming of Christ where he will divide the sheep and goat nations and bring judgment, defeat the devil and throw him into the lake of fire. Full gospel doctrines that we believe. If you've got somebody that you're dating that doesn't believe these things, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, it's okay because they're a Christian. Let me tell you, if you're Pentecostal, if you're charismatic and you believe the full gospel of Jesus Christ and you're with somebody that does not believe the full gospel, if you're a Christian that believes all the things I just said and you're dating somebody that doesn't believe healing is for today or, or that doesn't believe that being filled with the Holy Spirit is real or, or you know, some, they believe that speaking in tongues is just gibberish and it's because you, you just don't understand what the Bible was really teaching when, you know, it talked about, uh, you know, that they'll speak with new tongues or, you know, they believe that anybody who talks or believes in the financial prosperity of God is just greedy and manipulative and self-centered and they don't understand what Christ really taught about. If you're with somebody like that, break up with them. Don't because here's the thing, it'll cause you more problems than it will help. I promise you, if you're in a relationship with somebody, because here's the thing, think about it down the road. Think about it if, as time goes on, this person wants to marry you. What do you do if the enemy attacks your family with sickness? And obviously, you know, if you've listened to me or my cousin teach, you know, we understand and believe that you can live and, and you know, no attack could ever take you out. You can live in such a way that you can be victorious all the time. Yeah. But here's the thing. What what do you do if you get into a marriage relationship with this person and then the enemy tries to attack you with sickness and you're standing in faith for a supernatural healing, but your husband or wife who doesn't even believe in that is like, well, you know, don't get your hopes up. I'd hate to see your hopes dashed because... You know, God may not choose for you to be healed. You know, God may be using this sickness to make you a stronger believer. Maybe, you know, maybe he's using it to teach you a lesson about about his character. You know, if they start talking like that and start believing like that, you know, you the person that's supposed to be your strongest support, that's supposed to be your faith teammate, that's going to stand with you and believe for things to take place, you're done. Yeah. Especially the husband who's ahead of the house and they're not even in agreement with you. They're ready to just let you go. You're, you're as good as dead. <laughs> Literally, you're as good as dead. Because if you've got somebody that's going to sit there and tell you, well, you know, God doesn't always do that. You need to be very careful about how you believe on that faith stuff because, you know, you can get your hopes up and they can be dashed and I just don't want to see you disappointed. And, you know, if you've got somebody that, what are you, you going to do when you get married to that person? And you know, you're, you're adamant about tithing. You tithe all the time, faithfully. You give offerings. You're a generous giver. We get those emails. Absolutely. My, my husband does not want me to tithe. He doesn't want me to give this certain amount of money. What do I do? And you've got a, a wife who's uh, trying to follow the desires of her heart by following Jesus' word. And she's in conflict now. Because the foundation is not the same. And, you know, she's struggling, calling in, writing in, saying, you know, what do I do? My husband won't let me give money. 
Yeah. And there, you know, then there's fighting, there's turmoil, then there's no peace, there's no joy because the thing you're supposed to be doing to please the Lord and obey his word, you know, your husband who's supposed to be a Christian. Then you're sneaking around. Yeah. Then you have to sneak to tithe, sneak to give. We've had people contact our ministry, like hiding from their husband to give offerings and tithes because the husband's against it. And it's ridiculous. And he goes to church. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that he's, you know, the first point that we made. He's saying, I believe in Jesus and I go to church. But there's a perfect example of not, you know, unequal right there. Totally and unequally yoked. You know, you've got to be in unity on these things. You know, you've got to be in unity about the things you believe about Scripture and what you're, you know, it's you're in big trouble if you're going to a church and what your husband or your wife is supposed to be, you know, serving the Lord, and they just refuse to believe what the Bible teaches, you know, refuse to believe what your pastor's teaching. So they're sitting there and they've accepted Jesus as their savior, but they refuse to believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They won't speak in tongues. They have no desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost or speak in tongues. Right. And, and they tell you, you know, like, you know, they'll make statements like, you know, I don't care if you believe in that. I don't care if you do it, you know. I don't want you doing it around our kids because I don't want our kids yeah. getting weird it's and goofy. you know it's a little you know, I think it's goofy so you just I don't care if you do it in your personal prayer time or at church but don't be doing it around my family don't be doing it around the kids you know there's a big problem there when you've got somebody who calls themselves a child of God that doesn't even want a relationship with the spirit of God huge problem and this this is toxic because it brings damaging damaging uh, feelings to your emotions, to your spirit, man. And you have to sit there and deal with this nonsense all because of the fact that you would rather have a natural relationship with somebody because you wanted to rush it because maybe you felt anxious. There wouldn't be anybody as good as this person that you found, you know, that was, uh, and I'm not, let me just stop and say, cause we've had people write in that have unsaved, uh, husbands, unsaved wives. I'm not saying you can't believe for their salvation. I'm not saying you can't believe that God's going to turn things around in your relationship. I'm saying if you're not there already, but you already see the signs of it, don't go down that road. If you're, if you're still dating and you see a sign that this, this man or woman, they have no desire for the things of the spirit. You know, they don't care. We're not knocking there. There's baby Christians and everybody starts somewhere and grows from there. But if there's no growth and there's no hunger, then it's evident to you that they really don't care. So we're not like knocking, you know, everyone's got to be at this high level, you know. No, I'm not saying, you know, it's not that, I'm talking about people that are adamantly against yeah. what you believe. Right. You know, let me get no desire for change. And I'm not I'm not knocking any denomination necessarily, but let's just get let's give a practical example based on the the doctrinal statements or doctrinal beliefs of denominations. If you're a, if you're a part of a Pentecostal denomination, you know, like you're a part of the Assemblies of God or the Church of God or, you know, any Pentecostal denomination that believes in speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Ghost, if you start dating somebody that is, you know, part of the Southern Baptist Convention and you've got somebody that, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention, they, they're cessationists, so they don't believe that the Holy Spirit functions today like he did during the time of the apostles. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In fact, they feel that if so, that somebody's trying to do that 
or, or operating than that, then it could be demon possession or a, you know, a smoke screen of the devil. So they don't believe in the in quote unquote, the gibberish of speaking in tongues, that it's not a heavenly language. It's some made up gibberish that people do to make themselves feel more holy, spiritual, whatever. They're really just nut jobs. And uh, so if you've got somebody that's part of the Southern Baptist Convention or, you know, one of these denominations that don't believe in the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they don't believe in speaking in tongues, they don't believe in divine healing, they don't believe in the power of God, you're going to have major issues, especially if you, and I know this is something that's less and less prevalent, but if you grew up in this kind of a church and that's all you know, you grew up Pentecostal, you grew up you know, going to church that believed like this and taught like this. And then you finally go to college somewhere and meet somebody like, oh, you're a Christian too. You grew up in church too. Cool. You know, you think just because they grew up in church, it's going to be the same. And I'm telling you, it is not going to be the same. And there's going to be major problems. You go back to meet their parents and their parents find out, you know, their Southern Baptist parents find out that you're a Pentecostal. Our son brought home a Pentecostal girl. You better break up with her right now. We're not having some Pentecostal girl in our house, in here speaking in tongues and dancing around our house. You know, it's a problem. If you don't think it's a problem, I had I preached for a, a guy who uh, he was the only one in his family, and he they were all Southern Baptist, and uh, my family's all Pentecostal. But the guy that I preached for, he had gone from being Southern Baptist to being full gospel. And all of his family were preachers, his brothers, his dad. And uh, he invited them to come over to the revival at his church while I was there speaking. And his his family was very clear. We're not coming over to your church while you got that Pentecostal guy preaching in there. Now, I'm, that's just me as a guest speaker. They won't even come hear me speak. Imagine if it's someone you're bringing home to tell your parents, this is who I'm marrying. And they're going to say, you're going to try to bring home some Pentecostal girl, you know, to, to marry. And she's going to be laying hands on people, expecting them to get healed and, you know, speaking in tongues and dancing in church and shouting. You better get rid of that girl quick. You know, you better get rid of that guy quick. I'm telling you, that's the way it is, that there's going to be issues and problems. And the, and to me, the biggest problems, and Carolyn, I'm sure you could agree, is when you start trying to deal or move forward in faith or try to ward off the attacks of the enemy as they're coming, you got somebody that can't even stand with you. Yeah. They're not standing with you. They're not praying with you. There's no agreement in the word of God together. It, it It's just, like I said, it's two different foundations. You don't have the same goals, and it's only a matter of time for conflict. Anything that's not in unity is, is going to have conflict somewhere down the road. So it might not be right when you first start dating or a couple years in, but there will always be conflict. When you start having kids, the husband might, like Ted was saying, believe one way, the wife believes another, and now we don't have an agreement on how the kids are supposed to be raised, what denomination the kids are supposed to go in. We see that all the time. Two people get married and they say, oh, it's just going to work. I don't care. We don't care right now, but believe me, things change. Oh yeah, it doesn't. Nobody cares when they're, you know, the in beginning stages phase. of love. And no, it's okay. You know, we can go to this church. We don't have to go to, you know, an example, a Lutheran church or Methodist church, or you know, we can go down the road to this one. And it, it just believe me. And then kids come into play, and then all of a sudden, 
you guys are rising up against each other. Yep. And then that's when the grandparents start speaking up. Grandparents speak up and you know, that's, I'm not having my grandkids raise Pentecostal. You better, you better get, you better get those grandkids into a, into a Baptist church. You were raised Baptist son. You know, better than this to take these kids and, and try to raise. Now, you know better, so it's not going to yeah. affect you going to that church, but you get these young kids into that Pentecostal church, they're going to think that's what Christianity is, is all that gibberish, speaking in tongues, and all, you know, all that emotionalism, and all that you know, lay, laying hands on the sick, and people trying to cast demons out of people, and you know, it's a bunch of nonsense, and you know you're, that your kids shouldn't be raised in that. And I'll be very disappointed in you, son, if you start taking your kids over to that church that's exactly what's going to start happening. Yep. You're going to have a huge rift in the family over this. If you think it doesn't happen, it happens all the time. Yeah. Like I said, unity is a key factor. And I like that scripture you read. Uh, read it again from Amos. That's a powerful scripture, and it needs to be in the hearts of anybody that's dealing with relationship. Uh, Amos 3.3. 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's the New Living Translation. The word direction. (laughs) How can two be agreed and walk together unless they agree on the direction? Yeah. You can't be married and there be a fork in the road and you each get to go down the path separately. Someone's going to compromise. Someone's going to make the, you know, choice and you guys are going to have to choose that Speaking one of path. fork in the road, did you use my checking account <laughs> the other day? Because I saw that. Which you... one was it? The blue card, the red card or the green card? <laughs> did, you, did, you use my, did you use my checking account? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> no, that's the other thing. Amazon.com, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. You have, you start getting into a rift where you start feeling like everything has to be separated out. Well, we go to separate churches. You know, my husband doesn't want me to tithe, so we have separate accounts so that all the money that I make from my job goes into mine and I tithe off that, but his money goes into his and he doesn't want to tithe. <laughs> you know, everything's separated. You know, we have a week we have a week where we go over to his church. We have a week where we go over to mine, you know, and I'm not really comfortable with it because I don't care for his church and he doesn't care for mine, but, you know, we just don't want the fighting. And then there's just total <laughs> confusion. What do your kids know growing up? They hear one thing in one church and they hear the exact opposite thing in the other church. So what are they supposed to believe? They don't have any foundation that's secure. And I'll tell you what (laughs) happens too, is the kids start to see that kind of stuff and they see two parents that are supposed to be Christians. They don't understand the nuances of doctrinal disagreement. So they see two parents that are supposed to be Christians that are supposed to walk in love that are ended up fighting at each other's throats all the time and they think to themselves this is what Christianity is like I don't want any part of it and then you know at the first opportunity that they that they get they leave church yeah. you know and they say I don't want anything to do with this this is ridiculous they become they go to college they get involved with you know higher education learning nothing wrong with that but until it, until it starts taking the place of religion and God in your heart and then you end up having people that, well, that's why I'm an atheist. You know, I saw behind the scenes of what Christianity is really like. My parents are supposed to be uh, Christians. They couldn't even stop fighting. I mean, it wasn't a day goodbye that went by that they wouldn't fight each other over over church. You know, and that's that's yeah. where it's going to go. It should never be the case, fighting over church. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. So number one, first toxic relationship that you must avoid is being unequally yoked with someone who's not a Christian. Once again, if you're dating someone like that currently, break up with them. If you're married to someone like that, stay with them. You don't get to get divorced just because your husband or wife is not a Christian. 
It's not an option. No. Nope. So don't. It's a choice you made. Yeah. So now believe go God. Yep, now pray. Salvation. Now fast. Now show love like Christ loved the church. It says in the word to be a witness to them. That don't be belligerent. See to the other side. Yeah. Don't be belligerent. Don't rub be it in their face. Yep. Walk in love. Be a servant. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was not saved. His wife got saved first. When he found out, he threw her out of the house and locked her out for the night. Yeah. She stayed on the doorstep, came in the next morning and made him breakfast, walked in perfect love. Yeah. His perfect life was love turned and around. Submission. That's you still have to be that way. I mean, you still have to represent the word of God. So you don't get you don't get off the hook. Number two is people who are trying to date other Christians that they're unequally yoked with. If you know, that's the thing. I want people around me that are going to build my faith, not tear it down. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And a husband should sharpen a wife, and a wife should sharpen a husband. I shouldn't have a relationship with somebody that's going to just consistently and constantly dull me spiritually every day. Yeah. And this is just a side note, but I want to say to like any moms and dads who have young kids, who are listening to this, you have every bit of authority to make this these decisions that we're talking about for your children. I have lots of moms that come up to me or write into our ministry, you know, having these dating problems for their young teenagers. Uh, you know, I won't give my thoughts on that right now, but you know, they're in your house, it's your rules, and that's just how it goes. So these dating um Uh, points that we're giving right now if you're a mom and a dad to a young person and they're having trouble you know you need to take the word of god what we've said and apply it to your authority to your teaching to them because you know they don't need to be just doing whatever they want you're the boss absolutely (laughs) you're the boss yeah that no question about it you know and the And I believe it's the parents' responsibility anyway. Of course. If kids are going to go crazy, you know, it's us. We're the teachers. We're the guide right now for them until they're out of this house and on their own. And then like the Word of God says, it won't depart from them. But right now, you have to get it instilled in them so it won't depart from them. Absolutely right. it's, It's a big mistake. You know, you're not called to be your child's friend. You're their parent. Like, I don't know where this just came from. I just felt like, you know, parents need to know, you know, it's you're, part you're in charge. Well, it's part of it because you got kids that are dating way before they have any kind of maturity level to date. Oh, I, I've had a lady come to me at the product table saying, my daughter's boyfriend, I think she's like 16 or 17, my daughter's boyfriend is getting kicked out. He's such a nice kid. She really wants him to come live with us. I looked at her cross-eyed. I was like, that's not your problem. You're asking. That's a really good idea, though. Have your 16-year-old daughter's <laughs> boyfriend move in. asking for temptation. You're asking for sin to you Carolyn, just you're go not ahead even, and happen. You're not even a good Christian. How could you turn that boy <laughs> away from your house? You, oh, you're not walking in love. That was one of the... She was having trouble with my answer because she thought... Like, that's not nice. I said, well, you know what's not nice? Your daughter going to hell. Yeah. That's not nice. <laughs> I, I don't understand people's thought Sorry, process. Guys, I'm a little, you know, there's black and white with me if you've ever met me before. So <laughs> that's it. It's one side or the other. 
you know what? Let's just have that boyfriend move in. <laughs> you know where we don't we don't have an extra guest room, so you know what? We'll just keep him on a sleeping bag on the floor of your room. I that trust you guys. Not, <laughs> it does I not trust make you, you guys. less Christian, less walking in love. People need to just learn how to say no. Operating by the word of God. It stinks that he's in that situation, and I'm sorry he is, but you go find another family that has a son or somebody else that can help him, bring him to church, but he is not your project no. at all. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous, and you'd think that we're making these things up, and this is going on all the time. Before we get into this final relationship, let me just say, people need to learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. Yeah. And Christians That's are good. some of the worst at these because like, you know, you have a Christian, maybe a, let's just say you're a Christian young lady and you've been kind of sheltered your whole life. And the first guy that shows any interest in you, not even saved, but like, you know, he's relatively popular at school or, you know, he's kind of relatively good looking, all this. You're like, wow, you're, you're blown away that he's even showing you any, um, you know, attention and he's complimenting you. And man, I just know he's so nice. I just feel like it would be, I know that he, the, the Lord would get a hold of him if, if he just spent some time with me and my family. Let the Lord get a hold of him first. <laughs> Let him get saved first. Let him get filled with the Holy Ghost first. Instead of being his girlfriend, invite him to church. Be his actual friend. See how he responds in the anointing. Let the power of God touch his life. Learn how to say no. That's a good one. See how he responds in the anointing. And, well, that also takes place during this time, but praise and worship in church. Is he entering in? Are his hands raised? And that, That's going fully, for people that are saved. Yeah. Is he fully in submission to what's happening in in service at that moment? That's a big, big thing. I mean, like, first of all, I mean, I, I have two daughters. They'll never date. But if <laughs> if by, I second that, I'm not one of those moms that's we're in unity on this right now. <laughs> you know, there might be a time when I'll let them date someday you know, when they're like 35, 36. But you know, if they ever, they if, can only date if they have someone just like their father. Oh, babe, <laughs> you're so sweet. If I ever see a guy that is trying to, you know, make moves to date my daughters, and I see him in church, and he's got his hands jammed in his pockets, and he's just sitting there, you know, waiting for church to be over, waiting for the worship to be over, scrolling his Instagram feed, if that's even a thing still, when my daughters are old enough to date, you know, <laughs> it's gonna, there's going to be an ax put to that quickly. It ain't, it ain't going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to allow... You know, some deadhead that thinks he's going to come through and just, you know, put, make make his obligatory stop to church so that he can, you know, talk to my daughter. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, it, I'm just <laughs> telling you, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm getting angry just thinking about it. All right. I need people to start praying for me. They're on this podcast right now. Stretch your hands toward the speaker, whatever you listen to. Just shout, God help brother Ted. No, I'm serious. It's it's ridiculous. You look at how people respond in the anointing and you'll learn anything you, you need to know about them. And let me just say this, <laughs> for those of you that are in the dating world, dating is a horrible way to get to know somebody. It is a horrible way 
to get to know somebody because they are not showing you them. They're showing you the them that they want you to see. They don't always smell like that. They don't always look like that. They don't always talk like that. They don't always act like that. They're putting on the representation of who they want you to see to make an impression that they want to make on you. If you want to really know what somebody's like, work with them at a job for 45 hours a week and see how they respond under pressure. Go fry burgers with them at McDonald's and see what happens when they've been hassled by people. See what true colors really come out when the pressure's put on. You know, dating somebody's a horrible way to get to know them. Hang out with them in groups of people. You know, see what they're like around others. You know, everything doesn't have to be a one-on-one date. You know, movies and television shows, your life, by the way, is not the notebook. I wish, though. I really like that movie. You're saying that I was not the Ryan Gosling of your life? <laughs> you are. I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but in all, seri- in all seriousness, I built this house for you. In all seriousness, though, you've got to be realistic. You've got to understand Just learn to say no. Don't take the first thing that comes down the road just because you've never had a dating experience before. Put more value in what God created you to be than that. Yeah, and life is not over and doesn't come to an end because you haven't found the specific person God has for you. I really do believe God has a specific person, a team member for each other to build each other up, to help each other go further, faster. Hey, hey plug that. in the book. I threw that plug one in, in there. the book. Hey. <laughs> New book coming out this fall. You'll get it. By the um, way, our magazine's about to drop. Our brand new magazine. Yeah. It's it made me out. think of that. And if you haven't gotten it, this is this gonna be a killer, killer edition of the magazine. If you have not ever subscribed to our magazine, it's absolutely free. You can get a free copy of this upcoming magazine by going to miracleword.com forward slash magazine miracleword.com forward slash magazine and and we'll send you a free copy of this latest edition of Miracle Word magazine. But my wife's exactly right. There's somebody that will strengthen you, that will take you to the next level, that will sharpen you spiritually. God's got that person. You've got to see the value God's created in you. Just remember, you're, you're the catch. You're the one that's valuable. Yeah. You're the one that people need. You're not desperate to get somebody. You You are a blessing. Yeah, and do what God's called you to do right now. Focus on that, and the rest will come. And you pray. You pray for who you want. You want a spouse? You give Jesus a list. I mean, literally, not to sound corny, but that's what I did when I was She said extremely handsome. 22. She said somebody that's just unbelievable. (laughs) But I'm just saying. I want him to sing like a bird, Lord. Are you done? Is that what you said? No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we'll get going. <laughs> but like it says in Philippians 4, 6, let your requests be made known to God. He will give you the desires of your heart. That's Absolutely. In Psalms. I'm just, you know, I'm adding a little extra. Here. She's ad-libbing. She's freestyling, folks. Wiggity, 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 whack. But in all seriousness, it, it, it has got to be an understanding that The most important thing of your life is your spiritual life. If you allow 
natural things to become more important to you than spiritual things, you're already on your way to destruction. The flesh, Paul taught to the Galatian church, is at war with your spirit. Galatians 5.17. There will never be a time in your life that your flesh will not be at war with your spirit. And see, the mistakes we're talking about today are people that have made decisions based on what the flesh wants versus what the spirit of God wants for you. And as my wife said, God has a perfect plan for your life. So before we go, I want to pray for every person that's listening. If you're in this position, you say, well, at the beginning, you're talking about people that are not in a dating situation, but this works. You need to understand even making friends, you need to listen to these things, these principles. Maybe there's people that call themselves Christians that don't believe like I believe. Listen, maybe I'll see them in heaven later, but on the earth, I don't have time to get in debates with people. I don't have time to fight with people, get around and start listening to all their criticism about why I believe on heal- in healing and speaking in tongues. Listen, I don't have time to make friends with those people. Everybody's not going to be my friend on the earth. You got to learn that's the same thing. You've got to become equally yoked, even in your friendships. Think of the man who was paralyzed. And he had no way to get to Jesus, but the Bible says he had friends that grabbed the corner of his mat and took him to where the anointing was, tore the roof open, and put him in front of Jesus. That's the kind of friends you want in your life. That's the kind of relationships you want to have. People who will always lift you up to a higher level, to a higher standard. And so don't mess around with relationships that are just going to frustrate you. My cousin and I have kind of made a a rule of thumb that if we find relationships or people that constantly we, that cause us to be upset or annoyed, you know what? God bless them. Let them do their thing, but we're going to go a different direction. And that needs to be the thing that you do because bottom line, Jesus even told disciples, he said, when you travel around and you get to places where they don't receive what I've given you to give them then don't keep trying to ram your head against a brick wall. Go out and leave and shake the dust on your off of your feet on the way out of town. And the same thing's true for every relationship. Not everybody's called to you and you're not called to everybody. So don't feel that you have to be the one that pleases everybody, uh, that you have to be the one that appeases everybody. That's not your job. Your only job is to please the Lord and make it to heaven. And then as you continue to be faithful in what God's called you to do. That's why I said at the beginning of this, your job, number one, is to make heaven yourself. What good does it do to be a great soul winner and then you fall back into sin and end up going to hell? So I want to pray for every person that's listening. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for every man, every woman that's faithful to listen to this podcast. I pray that you'd give them a holy desire to have the right relationships that would be pleasing to you, not unequally yoked, not putting themselves in positions where they'll be pulled back into a sinful lifestyle, but Lord, use them in a mighty way. We thank you for it and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks guys for spending this hour with us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Don't forget, those of you that are leaving um, reviews, ratings, send me a screenshot of that uh, on Instagram. Yeah, I want the most stars, please. And, and also in on Twitter, at Ted Shuttlesworth on Instagram, at T Shuttlesworth on Twitter. We're happy to send you that devotional absolutely free. At Care 7. Jeez, <laughs> leave me out when we do podcasts with you. You don't even announce my name. It's at Care 7 6 5 4 3 2 1. Don't follow my wife, folks. Um, no, I'm kidding. Follow her. Follow the heck out of her. 
follower until it's creepy. You did that because that used to be my old last name. That's right. Yeah, follower. Follower. <laughs> follower. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Love we'll you. see you next week. And don't forget, until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. We'll talk to you soon. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.